Am I the jerk for refusing to take my sister and her kids in unless her husband stays out? Make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that bell to turn on notifications. I'm a 32-year-old male and my father passed away two years ago. He left me and my half-sister, we both have different moms, same dad, inheritance that we equally split between me and her. My sister spent her inheritance money in just a few months. She is a stay-at-home mom with two kids and always had financial hardship. I haven't touched my inheritance money. I live in an apartment that I inherited from my biological mom in 2016. My sister sent me down to talk about her and her husband's current situation. She said her husband can no longer pay rent and they needed a place to stay. I asked for time to think since me and her husband don't get along. She said that was okay. The next day she showed up with her tone completely changed. She said her husband thinks I'm being manipulative by taking time to think about letting them come and that my apartment is an inheritance and she is my sister. Therefore, I should share with her and the kids. She said her husband also says that if I wasn't going to let my sister share the apartment, then I should give her half of my dad's inheritance, saying it's not fair since my sister doesn't work, has two kids, and is now homeless. While I have a paying job, no kids, and a whole apartment to myself. I was speechless. I opened the argument by saying the apartment was from mom and mom never related to my half-sister so she has no right to her inheritance. Also, she already had half of dad's inheritance so she can't touch mine just because her husband thinks so. When she started crying, telling me to think about my nephews, again, parroted her husband's words saying I have two options. I either let them move in or give them support money for my inheritance. I said she and the kids can move in, but her husband... No, he is banned from my place. She pitched a fit saying, I can't believe I wanted to keep the kid's father away from them. And I'm the reason they'll be homeless for refusing. But I flipped out and said that I'm not the reason. It's her deadbeat husband that she keeps repeating his nasty words instead of holding him accountable for the terrible situation that they're in. I told her I will not continue to speak to her since her husband speaks for her. She left after the blow up. Days later, I discussed this with my stepmom and she said she couldn't believe that I cut contact with my sister only for asking for help and that I needed to see her soon and arrange for one of the two options to be considered. Reminding me that innocent kids are involved and even if my brother-in-law can be rude to me, I should do it. But I'm standing my ground on letting him into my place after what he said. For some more information, my sister is younger than me. She's 26 years old. Her kids are 2 to 5 years old. I love my sister. I have a good relationship with her and the kids and stepmom for years. I don't want to ruin it now. And because I see this question being asked, my stepmom is now living with her family and brother-in-law has been in no contact with them, so it's unlikely to let them move with them. And also, I love my sister and nephew so much. I treat my nephews as my own kids, and I did help in the past because I know my sister and my nephews are struggling. However, I'm quite upset because of how she talked to me, but I know that it was her husband who was talking to me that day and not her since she kept repeating his words. So, With all that said, am I the jerk? Coming from the OP's perspective, one of the most frustrating things in an argument that can happen is somebody parroting somebody else's words and you can tell that it's obviously happening, but they won't acknowledge it. I've been in situations like that a few times and in some of those situations, the person who's parroting the words sometimes 
doesn't even realize that they're saying words that are not even their own. They're just repeating things that they heard, not critically thinking about the situation on their own and presenting their own thoughts. There's a difference between loyalty to your husband and just turning off your brain and saying the words that you've already heard said to you. It's hard to say which one that is in this case, but it seems like the OP seems to think it's the latter. I also get the frustration that the OP has by trying to shift the blame on the OP for not letting everyone stay at the apartment when not even acknowledging the reason for being in the situation in the first place. Obviously, there are situations where hardships happen to people and it has nothing to do with their decisions. It just happens to them. But the OP seems to be implying that this is not one of those situations. Specifically, the line where the OP says it's because of her deadbeat husband and her not holding him accountable for the terrible situation that they're in. So that one line says a lot about how the OP sees a situation that they got into. So if you were in this situation and you had a sibling that had a spouse that you could and stand and they wanted to stay at your place, what would you do and jerk or not a jerk and why? A farmer leases land from a landowner. The landowner has the farmer do all the hard work of getting the soil ready and having a crop coming and right before the harvest season tells the farmer he can't renew his lease. The reason being is because the landowner wanted the $1.5 million revenue for himself even though it was the farmer that did all the work. So here's what happened. Let me preface this by noting that this revenge was not my doing, at least not exactly. It happened back in the 90s when I was in high school and centered around the type of school that I attended. So in case you weren't aware, it's very common in agricultural communities to have what are known as farmer schools. That's not a technical term, but more just something easy to define them. The schools are generally organized by the local farmers, and while you still study the various courses needed to get into college, you also study farming technology courses and get the credit hours for work study, i.e. working on one or more farms. The area I lived in was surrounded by a large number of farms, which grew cotton primarily. So during the year, we would spend time out in the field, both tilling, planting, and harvesting. One of the farms near the school was this thousand acre spread that, like the others, grew mostly cotton. Although sometimes they rotated to soybeans and silage, which is basically corn, but you don't have to harvest it. This farm had a long partnership with the schools, so the students provided near free labor for the farmer. The farmer leased this property from some out-of-state owner and paid them a portion of the revenue from the harvest. Imagine my surprise when I and many of the classmates arrived at the farm to do our work study and the farmer instructed some to crew the sprayers and start spraying herbicide on the fields, while others, myself included, were to take tractors and discs and plow everything under. The farmer wanted every square inch of the fields returned to just dirt. We were shocked, to say the least, but after some discussion, we set to work. It took us the better part of a weekend to do so. And when we were done, the field was in a beautiful, if barren state. The farmer thanked each of us personally and paid us about $500 each. This was quite the sum for a 90s high school student. We returned to the school, told our headmaster that the contract was completed, and he informed us that the farmer would no longer be working with the school and would be sent to one of the other larger farms for the rest of the year and our work study. It was probably two or three months later before wars started going around about why we'd been instructed to destroy the crop. Granted, these were just rumors, but based on how things turned out for the farmer, I suspect there's some truth to it. So apparently the landowner had decided that he was going to not renew the lease the farmer had on the land. This lease renewal just so happened to fall a few weeks before the harvest season would start. Given that the average cotton farmer earns about $1,500 per acre, a 1,000 acre farm would easily net the owner $1.5 million. About 
$500,000 of that being pure profit. I don't know what the farmer's lease was, but it stands to reason that he wasn't anywhere near that. So this landowner had figured out a neat little trick. Let the farmer get a good crop planted, then refuse to renew the lease. The farmer would just leave the plants in the field and the landowner would just need to pay some contractors to come harvest it and they'd earn a profit. Since at the time, the farmer's lease wasn't up yet, he decided to prevent that from happening. His act of revenge against the owner was to prevent them from cashing in on their hard work. Sure, it destroyed his farm and he had to sell off most everything he owned to buy some property for himself, but he proved a point. The owner tried to sue the farmer, though he, the owner, really didn't have a leg to stand on or so I was told. I think the court ruled that since the farmer was still under the lease when he had the land tilled under, then it was his property to do with as he wished and thus the landowner couldn't tell him what to do with his property. I learned a rather valuable lesson from that man beyond what I even learned about farming. The lesson was never, ever cross someone with nothing to lose. One last piece of information about the actual crop. Cotton is one of the few crops which leaves a negative nutrient value in the soil, meaning that after the harvest, even if you till the dead plants under, or even if you till them prior to the harvest, you won't have as many nutrients as you started with. That's why farmers will plant another crop, usually winter wheat, in place and then till under rather than harvesting it. This is something called green manure, but it works to put nutrients that the cotton pulled out of the soil back into it. While the ground wouldn't have been completely dead or sterile, any crop planted on that tract of land without further treatment of the soil wouldn't have produced the same acre per acre yield that a comparable crop would have had he gone to harvest and planted the secondary crop, which meant that the landowner would either have to plant the green manure and spend money that way or pay by the ton to use artificial fertilizer. So was he the jerk for doing this to the land? What the landowner tried to do to the farmer was dirty. He basically tried to get a year's worth of free labor leading up to the harvest in order to extract the full $1.5 million or $500,000 profit without doing the backbreaking work that I'm sure it takes in order to pull off this entire operation. In the end, I'm glad that the farmer was able to get his own land, but man, he really backed this farmer up against the wall and tried to pull one over on him in such a dirty way. If he just would have let the farmer renew the lease until the harvest season was over, then maybe he could have got the land back in an acceptable form that wasn't totally drained of all of its nutrients and destroyed, but because he wanted that for himself without having to do any of the work and wanted the immediate gratification of getting the lease paid up to that point and then the harvest, the greed was just way too high. So if you were in this situation, let me know what you would do and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for refusing to help my parents even if they end up homeless with serious medical conditions? I'm a 28-year-old female and I was raised by super religious parents. It was a fight to be able to go to a normal college and not a Christian one with weird rules. When I did that, they said they will not be paying for my schooling until I, quote, come back to the right path. After struggling for a couple of months, a friend told me that the strip club she was working at was hiring. I have been dancing my whole life and I have a good figure, so I was hired pretty fast. A few months in, I dropped out of college because I was making serious money. I was making about $3,000 a week on a bad week and up to $11,000 a week on a good week. When my parents 
parents found out, they disowned me. The same goes for all of my extended family except for two cousins. Fast forward nine years, I own my house outright. I own a Tesla. I don't have debt. I also own an apartment building that I rent. Stripping has a short lifespan and other investments. Now my parents contacted me. Apparently, my father lost his business during COVID. My mom has always been a stay-at-home mom and they declared bankruptcy and they are struggling. They live in an old camper. Also, my mom is diabetic now and my dad has always had heart problems and they want my help. I said, no, I don't have parents anymore. And furthermore, according to the religion and church, my money was earned while sinning. So to use it is to damn your soul to hell. And I don't really want to do that for them. My mom started crying and my dad said they didn't know where they went wrong with me. That was the last of it from them. A couple of aunts and uncles called me, but changed their family helps family tune very fast when I asked why weren't they themselves helping. But now, a couple of weeks later, I'm starting to feel like I was the jerk to them because a month's income from stripping would make a really big change for them, but I wouldn't even miss it that bad. So am I the jerk for refusing to help my parents even though they might end up homeless with serious medical conditions? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In some cases, people can go by and not help and they won't feel anything, but it sounds like the OP is already starting to have that little feeling eat at her because she's starting to feel like the jerk now. And in a lot of situations, when people are desperate enough, they will overlook some of their previous principles that they stuck by. So just because this money was made by sinning and that was unacceptable before, now it's probably serious enough of a situation that they just need the help regardless of where the money came from. Sometimes people call this blood money if it comes from hurting people or in this case, I'm sure they look at it as sinner's money. One piece of one of the responses to this says that under their belief system, you are now an evil sinning child who is making money in a terrible way and your refusal to help them only confirms their opinion of you, which is fine. It really doesn't matter what they think, but if you still feel bad and you want to mess with their heads, help them and ask them to reconcile the fact that you are the fallen one, but you had more compassion for them in their time of need than they, the God-fearing saints, had for you and yours. Or don't, but feel 
good about it. Either way, you don't deserve guilting yourself over them. And the money, if you think about it, is more indirectly coming from this sinner origin because I'm guessing the majority of her money is coming from the rental apartment building that she has, which probably was originally paid for by that money, but now it's kind of changed hands over time. I assume that she's not dancing anymore because she says something about it being a short lifespan on it. But let me know what you do if you're in this situation and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for leaving the hospital after my husband called for his mom instead of me? My husband is 31 years old and he was in the hospital for a surgery that involved anesthesia. His mom came to wait with me there, but didn't speak to me because we have been having some minor disagreements. She offered me coffee, but I declined politely. Hours after the surgery, we were told only one person goes into the room for the day since he was still under anesthesia. From what I understand, he woke up calling for his mom. The nurse asked for his mom to go in and she did. I was irritated and felt like all this waiting and stressing out was happening, but I got ignored. The nurse told me that he was still not fully awake and was repeatedly calling for his mom spontaneously. She was basically hinting that I shouldn't get worked up over a natural reaction from my husband, but I couldn't help but feel irked. I wanted to go home, so I left after 10 minutes. His mom called saying she just got out of the room after I left so I could get time with him, but instead, I couldn't wait and I went home. She said that this was not okay and that I flew off the handle for no reason. I said that her son acted like I wasn't there, but she said that he cannot be blamed for something he can't control and I'm just being unfair to him and putting blame on him because of a disagreement between her and I. I cut the conversation short after I sensed that she somehow blamed me for being unacknowledged and ignored. Her husband texted later saying that I'm being hostile over nothing and that I should focus on my husband's health instead of acting petty, but I don't think I did anything that qualifies as petty. So am I the jerk for leaving the hospital after my husband called for his mom instead of me? The guy was coming out of anesthesia. He's probably in a total fog state of mind. The OP seems like she's holding her husband totally accountable for just coming out of surgery and not being able to think 100% clearly. I mean, the guy could probably think, I'm guessing. The nurse even took it upon herself to explain that to the OP. And then she had an opportunity to see her husband, but she got mad and left because the mom saw him first. That seems like the OP is more concerned about her discomfort of having to wait than the husband having the surgery. One of the responses said, When my grandmother was in the hospital, she started asking for her mother who had been dead for 40 years. Anesthesia and painkillers do odd things to your brain. I mean, that could be the case or he just wanted to see his mom, which is not a crime. So let me know what you would do if you're in this situation down below. Jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Be a completionist and finish listening to the rest of the stories in the background via the link at the top of the description. And if you're a streamer, use the music for your live streams link down below. It's copyright free and it's very good. Either way, thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you guys next time.